All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome once again to our Sunday morning time here together at the Digital Cathedral, coming to you out of Houston, Texas. Um, just a couple real quick things before we get into our teaching this morning. If you have not subscribed to this channel, uh, would you do that? Go over, I think we have about 3,700 people that have subscribed to um, the Don Keithley Ministry uh, YouTube channel, the one that you're watching right now. It'll do two things. First of all, it'll give you notification whenever we're doing something on YouTube. And second of all, it helps my, I think I'm saying this right, my logarithms, which gives me uh, a more visibility with others that are on YouTube that um, might, people for people that might be searching for what we're teaching. It'll put me over there with Joseph Prince and Andrew Womack and other grace teachers and people that are teaching like message like we do. So if you'd go ahead and subscribe, it would, it would be great. <clears throat> the other thing is make sure you share this. I put it on Facebook. As soon as we're, we're done on Sunday morning, I go ahead and share it on Facebook and the Don Keithley ministry page. I don't share it to other groups. I don't share it to other people's walls. I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I feel like it's kind of a self-promotion to do that. But I have no problem if you share it on your wall or if you're part of a group that allows videos to be shared. If you would like to share it, uh, it would be great. It just helps us to get the word out and to uh, build and to expand the work that we're doing here around the world on the digital cathedral. One more thing, number four, one more thing. If you haven't been joining me on Wednesday night, you're missing a real treat. I enjoy the heck out of Wednesday nights and we gather over on the Don Keithley Ministry Facebook page. It's a private page. If you're not a member of that page, just come over on Facebook. And if you want to just type in at the top, Don Keithley Ministries, click, it'll take you over, ask to join this private group. And I keep it private so that we can share without trolls, without argument, without condemnation. And I can push the envelope a little bit on Wednesday nights and not feel like I'm going to, um, you know, invoke a great controversy. So I'd like to keep it private. So if you haven't been with us on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock Central, on the Don Keithley Ministry page, come on over and join the page and let's um, have that time together on Wednesday evening. 8 o'clock Central, we usually go about 40, 45 minutes. And we, we take the Sunday morning teaching and we expand on it and give some other insights into what we're doing. All right, we're into teaching number six on this series that I'm simply calling Unlimited. Grab your Bible and find Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Matthew chapter 19, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But let me just say something about Unlimited. Unlimited actually puts us into another dimension. It puts us into um, another realm. And this whole idea of unlimited for most of us is, is so foreign. We haven't really, really considered it because there's nothing in the natural that does not have an end to it. There's nothing in the natural that we know is unlimited or without end. You know, we have the end of the year. We're coming up on the end of 2020. Can I get a good amen? We're, there, we look at the end of time, the end of life, the end of resources, everything on our linear uh, way of thinking or of keeping track of time uh, or resource has a beginning and it has an end to it. So at some point we run out. We're just, we're programmed by our physical senses to think in terms of limited. And so for all of us, we have been raised where limited is the norm. We don't know of anything that's unlimited. When we begin to teach on the unconditional love of the Father, another word for unconditional would be unlimited. So when you first hear that, you don't have any point of reference because we've never known that kind of love from other people, so there's no reference point. But anytime you put an end or a limit to the, to the love of the Father, it's no longer unlimited or unconditional. So there is no condition to the, to the love of the Father. There's no limit. There's no end. You can't fathom the depth of it. It's un, unlimited. So with that in mind, let me read one verse of scripture from Matthew chapter 19, and I want to read verse 26. I'm not going to get into the context of the whole story. I just want to pull the principle out that Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So when you, when you look at that 26th verse, of, Roman, or of Matthew chapter 19, 
you see that Jesus is saying that according to the to the thinking of men, there is uh, it's impossible. Things are limited. But when you look at the Father, all things are possible to him. Jesus saw through the eyes of the Father. And, and what we're, we're learning today and what Paul taught us is that you and I also are to see through the lens or see through the eyes of the Father. I started doing this series because I keep hearing in my spirit that we are in a crossover in the life that we're living on planet Earth. We're in a crossover to this realm of unlimited. Now, we're wide open to... to uh, impossible for men, the part that Jesus said with men it's impossible, but with God it's possible. We fully understand the impossibilities of life and the impossibility that we've been groomed to accept and to understand. But with God who lives in us, the God who lives as us, that fully embraces us into his family, when we, when we look at this God then, that we live and move and have our very being in, Jesus said, with him, all things are possible. Now, you and I are in that life. That life flows through us. We have the DNA of deity. Um, as I said, we live in him, we move in him, we have our being in him. So when Jesus said, with God, all things are possible, he's bringing us into that, into that realm. In fact, Jesus, Jesus specifically does that in Mark chapter nine. Whenever you come to the digital cathedral, make sure you have your Bible, because I do use a lot of scripture. Uh, someday I wanna do a teaching on the place of scripture, but I do use a lot of Bible. In Matthew chapter nine, verse 23, now remember we just read over in um, Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, that Jesus said, with men it's impossible, with God all things are possible. Now we find when we come to Mark, Mark puts a little bit different slant on it in verse 23, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Just while I'm thinking about it, don't leave me this morning. Stay here for the whole teaching. I'm going to cover three, three points. First point is going to be a point that has rubbed a lot of us raw as believers, and we're going to look at it through a dimension of unlimited, but it's a sore spot. So I'm going to try to put a little bomb on the sore spot this morning. The second one I want to look at is... Uh, in an unlimited realm is something I've never taught on, never heard anybody teach on it, all right? And the third, third one is going to be a, a little different perspective that's going to explain to you why maybe we haven't been able to enter into an unlimited realm. So stay with me. Don't, don't check out this morning. Stay with me for the whole teaching. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus brings this realm of impossible in, into our dimension. He says, all things are possible to him that believes. And I've done a lot of teaching on, on believing. We have traditionally made believing a, a, a work. We've made it something that's, that we have to strive for, that we have to at least say we have, even though we don't. Believing, I've taught you, is, is an effortless response to revelation. You can only believe what you see. If you, if you haven't got the revelation, if you don't see it, you really can't believe it. So it's, it's an inward working of the Father by the Spirit on the inside of us. In other words, it, believing is an inside job. Is there anything you do to hype yourself up, psych yourself up to make yourself believe? There's no, there's no pressure on us to believe. And I, I wanna really emphasize that this morning. There's no pressure on you to believe anything. It's the job of the Father he knows you inside and out. He knows your temperament, your personality. He knows how you live. He knows how you think. It's his job to come to you and to show you what he wants to show you so that you can respond to what you see. That's believing. See, and when he shows you, and when he shows you, you will believe it. There's, there's no two ways around it. When he gives the revelation, when he gives the disclosure, you will believe it. But I think so. we often, so many times, I know I'm, I've been guilty of this in the past. I, don't, I couldn't tell you how many times I have tried to force myself to believe something, maybe healing. You know, maybe my body was, wasn't feeling well. I had the flu, was, was sick, and I, I, I tried to force myself to believe that I was healed. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't, I couldn't make myself believe something that I didn't have the revelation of. Now, if the Father revealed to me, okay, you're healed right now, this... Uh, you've moved into a place where you're healed. You, you're not suffering anymore from this sickness. I could believe it. But until I see it, 
until he shows it to me, I can't. And the result of that is it becomes very soulish. It becomes something that you try to set your mind, your will, and your emotions to, but your believer isn't functioning right. Your believer only functions when you have revelation. So in, in other words, you can't will yourself to genuinely believe. And at Mark chapter 9, verse 23, let me show you in, in, in that 23rd verse, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now, the context of the story is this. A man brought his um, son that was sick, and I'm sure he had ep epilepsy by the description. And he brought him to Jesus and said, if you can do something for this boy, and I'm paraphrasing, if you do something for this boy, I sure appreciate it. And so Jesus kind of puts it back on him, and he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now, the daddy really wanted his boy saved, so he says in verse 24, and this is where we've lived, a lot of us have lived. I've lived here before. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried and said with tears, Lord, I believe, because he wanted the possibility of the belief. Then he says, help my unbelief. So he really wasn't believing. He didn't get it yet. <clears throat> he said he believed, because he wanted the boy to be healed. And Jesus said, if you can believe, it's possible. So of course, it's like when you prayed the magic prayer, when you went down in front of the church and they said, you have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe in him, you're headed to hell. Of course you said you believed because you didn't want the consequence, but did you really believe? My contention is you really couldn't believe in Jesus until he disclosed himself to you on some level like he did Paul. Maybe on that, not that drastic of a level, but you don't believe until you see. So as we wake up, or as we're getting woke, as they say today, that decision or that dimension of unlimited opens up to us. And I think we're closer today to walking in a lot of areas of unlimited beyond anything we thought. And this is why I keep hearing in my spirit that it's going to start opening up. We're going to start seeing <clears throat> unlimited. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But then it says in verse 10, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Right? Those, there's some unlimited things. See, I can't see unlimited. Ear can't hear unlimited. And, and the word heart there is a really bad bad translation. In fact, if you look at some other translations, it says mind, not heart. It, the right word there is mind. It hasn't entered into the mind the things that God's prepared for those that love him, but it says verse 10, he is revealing them to us by the Spirit. The last week I talked to you about three areas of unlimited that we that are potential that are, that we can enter into that we're entering into one was uh, unlimited vision second was unlimited knowledge and third was was unlimited anointing now I'm going to look at three more today like I said these are going to be three that are um, more edgy that are out there a little bit I don't I don't want you to shut me down this morning and I don't want you to think I'm a flake because one of them is something I've never taught on before. I've never heard a teaching on it, but it's in scripture. And I just, I just want, I'm planting the seed this morning in some areas. All right, first area is this, and this is the one we have kind of a sore spot for if you've been a, a Christian a long time, been involved in the church. But there is a place, and this is number four of unlimited, there is a place in the kingdom of unlimited finances or unlimited resources. Now, as I say, those of us that have been in the church for years, this, this area of finances can be a sore spot. And I don't talk about finances much at all at the Digital Cathedral. Um, I do set up a link where you can come and help support us as we carry this message around the world uh, if you'd like to, but I, I never make it compulsory or try to put a trip on you or make you think you're going to get some big blessing if you if you contribute, it's because you want to. You see the value of what we do, you believe in what we do, and you want to be a partner and and support what, what, what we're doing. But that's not been the way it's been a lot of times in church, and I, I'm a church guy. I've got a background in church, was pastor for 50 years, so I, I, I get what's going on. That a lot of times we were manipulated, we were controlled, we were guilted, we were shamed into giving, to tithing, to investing in things. 
I can't tell you how many times I, I put a $1,000 seed into something. You know, I, I started at a $50 level. I got to $100 and I came to a place in life I could, you know, I could put a thousand. I can't tell you how many times I, I've heard that and I've, I've been part of it. And I'm not talking about that. There is a place in the kingdom that is part of the unlimited concerning finances and provision that I think he's bringing us into. And I want to just lay this out real quick because I don't have a lot of time. I want to hit all three points. But I think we can move into it. And I think one of the things that helps, and I want you to consider this, one of the things that helps us to move into this area or this place of unlimited finances is when we can release and forgive those that manipulated and controlled us in the area of money in the past. I've had to let people go. I've had to let ministries go. I've, I've been hooked. I'll, I'll tell you for sure. I'm thinking, I'm, I was thinking this week as I was preparing this, about a time there was a man, he was called the chaplain of Bourbon Street, and I was at one of his rallies, and he, for a $1,000 seed, he would send you his his Bible that he had all his notes in and, and so on and so forth. There are several ministries do that. So I went down front and I gave him the $1,000. I don't think I ever got the Bible. It was, I, I felt, now looking back at it, I felt controlled and manipulated. And I, look, and I looked at him just a little bit uh, out of the corner of my eye from that point forward. All right. But I've had to let that go. I had to forgive him. Had to say, okay, I let this go. He didn't know what he was doing or if he knew what he was doing, you know, God bless him for giving anyway. But I've discovered this in the kingdom and as we get into this unlimited area, that the higher your consciousness ascends, the more you walk in spirit, the less material things mean. The new car, the new house, the big house, the, the fancy clothes, the, the jewelry, they really don't mean a whole lot. And there's something that is kingdom oriented about that, that, that the less that they pull you or speak to you, the more you seem, there seems to be a magnetism or a draw to you of the abundance that you need. And I think Jesus addressed that really well in Matthew chapter six. So let's look at that. But if, you, if you've got, um, you know, if you're a little bit angry at your old church or your old pastor or whatever, because you tithed for years, you know, you got under that thing that um, if you don't tithe, the, the devourer is going to, uh, is going to de he's going to take all your finances uh, and that when you tithe, you rebuke the devourer and that when you tithe, the windows of heaven are open. I understand that's all faulty manipulation and control or maybe, maybe you were under the thing that if you gave, you'd get this big return back. I understand. Forgive those people. Many of them were only doing what they were taught. Now, there are, there are some manipulators today that I think know better, but continue to do it. But Jesus gave us a good perspective on this. And what I'm trying to get you to see this morning and come to an agreement with me on is that you can walk in an unlimited area of finances and resources in the kingdom. As much as the vine can pump to you the branch, you can bear the fruit. So look what Jesus said here. Matthew chapter 6, and let me pick it up with verse... 31, and let's go down to verse 34. Here's Jesus' concept, and here's what he has to say. Verse 31. He said, therefore, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Isn't that what most of us sweat? Our security. We want security. We want to make sure that we have enough. He said, for all these things the Gentiles seek, or unbelievers, those that aren't spiritually attuned, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Look, Daddy's good. He's not gonna. He's not gonna take any of this away from us. He knows exactly what you need, and you don't have to beg and plead. He already knows. But here he gives the key. He says, "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you." This gives me the right focus. I focus on the kingdom. I don't focus on the stuff anymore. I don't focus on. Uh, cleverly devised financial schemes to get the stuff. My focus is on the kingdom. And as I focus on the kingdom, um, it seems like the, the need for material things diminishes. But as the need for material things diminishes because my focus is on the kingdom, I find now that the supply begins to roll toward us. Then he says in verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient is the day to its own trouble. In other words, this, 
Keep your focus on today. Now, a lot of the abuse that we suffered in our finances, and I can only speak for me, I can only speak for me this morning, but a lot of the abuse that we suffered in our finances played on our greed of giving to get. You heard all kinds of teachings on 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. You give, I, when, I gave the thou, when I gave the $1,000, it was the idea that I'd get a 100-fold return, right? Or 60 or 30-fold, there would be a whole lot more give and it shall be given unto you. You know, you, know, you know the teachings, you know how it rolls. But here's how it works in the kingdom. Jesus gave us an example by giving his very life and he had absolutely no guarantee that he would ever, in a visible dimension, reap anything from it. That there'd be, he didn't have a, an assurance that anybody would even believe in him. He told us in um, John chapter 12, verse 24, and this is the kingdom principle I think that Jesus is getting at. Jesus said, except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it brings forth much fruit. So there's, there's seeking first the kingdom. Jesus sought first the plan, the will of the Father. He gave his life, and now look, the harvest that has come from that one, that one seed. But Jesus, didn't, Jesus did it by fulfilling the will of the Father and the plan of the Father. So we've, we've, we've come to the mind of Christ. I think, I think we've matured enough that we can give without expectation of receiving, that we can serve without expectation of gratitude, pats on the back, promotion. And that's, that's the place where dominion then begins to kick in. That's the place where you know there's no cap to supply. When, when, you, when you can give without feeling that there has to be a return to it, then you're in a place where you understand that you as the branch, you can provide, you can, you can produce everything the vine can send to you. And in fact, as the fruit is picked off of the vine, as you give off what you produce, actually more is reproduced. And if, if the branch is pruned back, it will produce even more. So here's what I'm trying to say. Here's what I'm trying to say, and I gotta move along. Our ability to see in the spirit, our ability to tap into unlimited knowledge and unlimited anointing, opens the door, it unlocks the ability for unlimited finances. He will show you unlimited vision. He will speak to you unlimited knowledge. He will put an unlimited divine enablement on you, maybe to pick a stock or to make an investment or start a bet, whatever it is. There's, you know, there's a myriad of channels that it comes through. But there is a dimension that I think we need to open up to of unlimited finances for giving and releasing all the manipulation control that was placed on us in the church world and by religion to tithe, to give, to sow seeds, all of that. That's not the motivation. The motivation is seeking first the kingdom of God and being attuned to the voice of the Father and what he says we need to do when we need to do it. So as sons awake, they're gonna see things they never saw before. So I wanna to talk to you about an area. Number two, I've never taught on this, never heard any teaching about it, but it's in the, it's in the scripture. So let me, let me hit it this morning and just put the seed in. Now don't, don't turn off the computer. I'm not weird, I'm not flaky. But there is, a, there is an area of unlimited travel that I think we need to just open up to. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what's gonna happen in our world. I don't know the restrictions we're gonna be facing. I have no idea. So I, I felt prompted, I guess, by the Spirit of God to just, just look at this. There is a place in scripture of unlimited travel and I wanna read, read two instances from you. Again, not going through all the background of the stories, but just to give you the meat of it. And one is in Acts chapter eight. If you have your Bible, turn over to Acts chapter eight. We've, we've seen these before, but nobody's ever said anything about it or brought that into today's world. Acts chapter 8, verse 39. Acts chapter 8, verse 39. Now, this is, this is Philip. This is Philip. He's not an apostle, wasn't Jesus, wasn't a famous guy, just, just, just a guy like us. And he's walking down, and, and uh, just to give you a little background, and the Spirit of God says, you need to go over to that guy and explain the gospel to him, and then you're going to water baptize him. So after he was 
water baptized this guy. It says, now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no fore, and he went his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus. He was found in Azotus, another city. So what, what happened here? Philip baptized this guy. The spirit picked him up and, and put him into another city. And understand, we read that and we just pass over it. We say, I don't get it. True, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. I talked to you uh, last week about embracing mysteries. Mysteries that are spiritual and mysteries uh, in, in natural life where we don't understand stuff that goes on. This is a mystery. I don't know how this is done. I don't claim to know how it's done, but I'm telling you, it's there. All right, another time is in the life of Jesus. So if you back up to John chapter 6, John chapter 6, now don't leave me this morning. I, I, I've never heard anybody even mention or, or talk on this stuff before. Maybe you have. John chapter 6 and verse 20. All right, got to back up one more page. Verse 20. Jesus is walking out on the water, walking out on the sea. They seem and 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 uh, they they get all shook up. So Jesus, says, don't be afraid. It's I. Don't be afraid. Then it says in verse twenty one, John chapter six. Then they willingly received Jesus into the boat. Now watch, and immediately the boat, which contained Jesus and all the disciples, was at the land where they were going. So they were they were literally picked up the boat and everybody that was in it was picked up and moved, translated over to where they were going. In Philip's case, he was, he was picked up out of the water after he baptized the eunuch and he was placed in the city that he was actually walking to in Azotus. That's where he was, that's where he was headed. Now, all I can tell you is this. I keep hearing in my spirit that the day of limitation is coming to an end. I do know this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm not, it's long about verse 40, 45, somewhere right in there. It tells us first the natural and then the spiritual. As we see advances in, nat in the natural world, it seems like then we get more revelation in the spiritual world. Let me illustrate it for you. If when I was 10 or 12 years old, back when, back in the day, if I would have told my grandfather that I think one day I am going to be able to see people in Australia on my phone, and I'm gonna be able to talk to those people that I see a picture of on my phone one day, my grandfather would have thought I was crazy. Because the phone that he had, and some of you might be old enough to remember this, his phone hung on the wall, and it had a receiver that you picked up, had a cord to it, and, the, and there was a microphone here, and you had to crank it to get the operator. And you would tell the operator, connect me to Billy Bob over there, and the operator would pull this out and plug you into Billy Bob, ring, ring his phone, and he would pick it up. That, that's all that they knew, and they thought that was unbelievably modern, and nothing could go beyond that. So to us looking at Philip and Jesus being translated to the other side, uh, our illustrations of travel to us, but they're probably no more strange to us than what the idea, if I would have told my grandfather, I would talk and see, actually see the face and his mouth moving and words coming out of somebody in Australia on my phone and my phone would have no wires, no connections to it. It would come off this thing in the sky. He would have thought something's wrong with me. Now look, I'm not speaking some kind of voodoo. I'm not speaking some form of spiritism. It's a work of the spirit. We can't make this happen. There's no way that you can make this happen. I'm not, it's not a hocus pocus. It's, it, it's nothing like that. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So to him that believes, all things are possible as well. This is the work of the Father. It's not a work we can drum up. And I want to keep saying that. It's not something we can psych ourselves into or sit down and go, mm, and get ourselves moved over to another city where we're traveling. Again, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. We've 2020 has been the strangest year. If you, if you'd have told me things were going to shut down like they shut down, I mean even airlines shut down. Maybe there'll be a day that there's no planes even flying. I don't, I don't know. But I'm just telling you, this is in the Bible. Don't forget, we live in mysteries, right? And mysteries are being revealed. I remember back in the 80s, 
maybe it was the early 90s, there was a prophet came to the church and told me that I would be preaching the gospel, I would be preaching the good news in other nations. Now that didn't particularly excite me because I'm not all that keen on travel. I'm not that, I'm, I like the food I eat, I like my bed. Uh, I, I'm not wild about 20 hours on a plane to get back into some area where uh, I got to live the life. It, it's not appealing to me. Some people, it, it's very appealing. It's romantic. They want to travel. To me, it was never a big deal. So I had no clue in the 80s that one day I could be sitting here talking to you around the world and there are people that, that are part of the digital cathedral from virtually every continent in, in the world that watch this. I'm carrying the good news to other nations in a way I had absolutely no idea in the early 90s or whatever, late 80s, that I could ever do it, that I could ever accomplish that. I communicate every week with people from around the world. I, I can't, sometimes it still blows my mind. <clears throat> I, know, I know we can look at these things like Philip being moved to another city or Jesus and the boat and the disciples being picked up or even Elijah in the Old Covenant, we just shake our head. We say, I don't understand it. And it's true, we don't. It is a mystery. But I have learned, I have learned, the Apostle Paul has taught me to embrace mystery, to fellowship with mystery. Don't just wave it off. Embrace it. Learn from it. There's something there. I'm, I'm saying there is an unlimited dimension that the Father's preparing the hearts of the sons and the daughters to enter into. An unlimited travel, being able to, 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 to function like Philip or Jesus and the disciples is no greater miracle than healing. I mean, let's face it. It's no greater uh, miracle than turning the water into wine. It's, it's no greater miracle, and boy, I just saw this one, than Paul being stoned. L look at this, can I take just a quick rabbit trail? Because this is, this is, this is amazing. You talk about miracles. Look at this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23, you know, Paul's going through all this stuff that he went through. He said, I, I speak as a fool, I'm more. He said, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently. Now watch this. I, I, I see this. In deaths, plural, often. Is it possible? Is it possible? Paul was walking in a dimension of un, unlimited to where when he was stoned, which you'd stone somebody till you know they're dead. He said in deaths, plural, often. Deaths, plural, often. We look at that today, we say that's, that's, virtually, that's virtually impossible. Is it, any, is it any stronger than the resurrection of Jesus? Is it, any, is it any stronger than Jesus ascending into heaven and then saying, you have ascended with me and you're seated with me in heavenly places? All right? So I'm just dropping that in. I mean, they watched Jesus ascend into heaven. They watched him bodily. He had a, he had a body and bone, all right? and he ascended into heaven. They watched it. Is it any, is what we're talking about here any greater happening than that? So I'm just putting the seed in there. Never heard it taught, never done it myself. Unlimited travel. All right, now here's the third one, and I want to put something on this that's changing me today, even as I teach this to you. As I teach this to you, it's changing my perception on something. Number number six would be unlimited authority. So number number four was unlimited finance. Number five is unlimited travel. Number six is unlimited authority. God made us to have dominion, which is a synonym for unlimited. Unlimited authority, a synonym would be dominion. Uh, he created us for that. And let, let me read this for you out of the NLT. The NLT says this so well from Psalms. Let me read Psalms verses, uh, chapter eight, verses four to eight. Psalm eight, verse four to eight. Look what it says. David says, what are mortals that you, God, should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. You made them a little lower than God. Now I'll tell you how limited the writers of the King, that, and which is the right word, a little lower than God. Now in the King James and the New King James, it says angels. And this is where you see the translators 
have a bias in translating because the word that they translated Elohim, they made it angels. It, Elohim was not an angel, my friend. Elohim is, is daddy himself. And so the, end, the New Living Translation and a couple of more modern translations actually got it right. You made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Watch. And you gave them charge or authority of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. The flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. Then he says in verse 9, O Lord, our Lord, your majesty name, your majestic name fills the earth. So he says very, very clearly right there that we have unlimited authority. Now what happened was man lost that position in his mind when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We, we fell for the life separation. We lost our identity as divinity. I did a 20-part series on identity as divinity. If you've never looked at that, you'll ever go on YouTube and, and, and work through that. We lost that identity as divinity and with it the authority. So we, we took a lower rung on the ladder than what we should have. So here comes Jesus. And Jesus awakens us and restores our identity. And like a branch to vine, he pipes to us what we think we don't have. Now, here's where the shift begins to come. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. All. The word is uh, uh, exousia, which means influence or authority. He said, All authority has been given to me. That means there's no other entity that has any authority but Jesus. Then in the next verse, he hands it to us and says, You go, therefore. So Jesus takes the unlimited check of authority, rips it out of the book and gives it to us and says, go. So what he did was he deposited into our life the unlimited authority that the Father always said in Psalm 8 that we always had, didn't know it, lost it in our minds, and in practice, handed down from generation to generation that we are limited, we're not unlimited, but you should be able to go fish and say, fishy, fishy, here, fishy, and the fish begin to swim toward the boat, right? That's a, that's a realm we live in. So we, we're just starting to see this. We're just starting to un, un, understand it. Now, Jesus has all that there is, and he gave it to us. Now, they had faith in his authority. Earlier and throughout the Gospels, they did things in the name of Jesus because they felt Jesus had the authority. But through his impartation to us, our eyes are beginning to open just barely, just barely. They're still opening today. It's taken us 2,000 years to begin to see, listen, that we have all authority and it doesn't have to be in the name of Jesus. Right? The day of Pentecost, they got power. That was good. That was a good step. But they still thought in the book of Acts, they still thought that Jesus had the authority and they didn't. So they were under the impression in the book of Acts. Now listen to me carefully for the next four or five minutes. They were under the impression in the book of Acts, like they were the gospels, that they needed to act in the name of Jesus like his name, like his name was, was a necessary word to make come to pass what it was that they were praying or doing or laying hands on had to be in the name of Jesus. And we're still at that same place today. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And here's what, here's what I've been seeing. Here's what the Spirit of God showed me. That we have hung on in the name of Jesus like it was a magic name. You know, there's even a song. There's something about that name. And there is something about the name. I love Jesus for what he's done for me. And I mean, he, he's the guy, right? He's our older brother. But it's made us feel like we have had to say in the name of Jesus to have access, like, like it's a genie in a little bottle. If we rub it just right, genie will come out and give us what we want. And I find myself, even to this day, when I pray, I have... I say, I end the prayer in the name of Jesus. Now, why do we do that? 
because we think when we pray and then put the name in the name of Jesus onto it, that it gives it a stamp of authority that we don't have. Now listen, listen. Paul, post-resurrection, used the name Jesus or Jesus Christ, as close as I can tell, about 208 times. Now I could be off a time or two, I'm, but I'm not... Uh, there, there might be a time or two more. I'm not sure, but I think I got them all, 208 times. And every time that, that Paul used the name Jesus or Jesus Christ, he used it in one of two ways. First way he used it was to, was to um, show us what we have in him. And the second way was to actually describe Jesus. So Paul used Jesus or Jesus Christ in two ways, to describe him or to explain to us what we have. But now listen to this. I could not find one time that Paul ever prayed in the name of Jesus, healed in the name of Jesus, spoke or did any miracle in the name of Jesus. Do you know why? Because Paul caught the revelation that Jesus gave us all authority. So there are times, you know, there, there are times today that people say, well, why is God allowing, why is God allowing this poverty? Why is God allowing this, this pandemic that's going on? Why is he allowing this coronavirus to run crazy? And I think, I think the father's standing back and he's saying, why do you allow it? Why are you letting it take place? Why are you letting that, that, that poverty function around the world? See, in the kingdom, instead of healing, we should be taking the authority to rid all sickness off the planet. Instead of praying for prosperity, we should be moving poverty off of the planet. There's more than enough resources on this planet to give all men more than enough. It's the distribution. It's man not using his authority correctly. There's greed. There's all kinds of things. And, and, and we, blame, we project that onto God and say, God, you ain't doing your job down here. And God's looking at us. We just read it in Psalm chapter 8. God's looking at us and saying, no, wait a minute. You're allowing it. It's your problem. It's not my problem. I gave you the earth. That was my gift to you. And I gave you all authority. Now, you, you in your head gave it up. So I sent, I sent Jesus. I came down myself in flesh form and said, all authority is given to me. I'm writing the check. Here it is. Now you go. You go and do. And Paul caught that. Paul got it. The disciples, the apostles in the Gospels, and through much of the book of Acts, they didn't get it. Paul got it. You never see Paul praying in the name of Jesus. So I've had to catch myself. Paul didn't, didn't uh, uh, heal in the name of Jesus, didn't speak in the name of Jesus. He understood what Jesus gave to us. He understood and would describe who Jesus was. He magnified Jesus. I mean, he, through Ephesians, the, the study we did earlier in the year, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, you can see that Paul had a huge Jesus. He understood Jesus and had revelation like no other person that ever walked on the planet had about Jesus. But he never prayed, never healed, never did anything in the name of Jesus. Do you think that you and I, and this is this is, this is why I said I put a little twist on this this morning because you are still operating with the genie in the bottle. And you're still thinking that if you can, you can use the name of Jesus on something, that that thing has to respond. And Paul is trying to get us to see that, no, wait a minute. As sons, we have to take responsibility. I want to talk a lot about that next year. This is an area of manifesting as sons that we have ignored, and that is the responsibility that we have for this world, this planet, what's going on. And he has given us the authority to combat it. And it's not coming against the devil, it's us rising to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in the world in which we live. So our authority, when picked up on, covers every area of life. And that's what I want to talk about next week. Next week, I want to look at a few areas where we have been given absolute authority. Then it becomes a matter of us taking responsibility and learning how to put the key in the lock and unlock it 
to live in it and to walk in it. And I think that in 2021, that's going to be one of the big things that the Spirit of God does. He's going to show us. He's going to teach us. He's going to lead us. And that's why I'm doing this foundational work on unlimited, telling you, teaching you, you have unlimited vision. You can see in the Spirit. You have unlimited knowledge. You can know things by the Spirit. You have an unlimited anointing, a divine enablement that enables you to, to do whatever needs to be done. There's unlimited resources that belong to us. Uh, we have a, a tap into unlimited travel. If they shut down planes, if they shut down trains, if, if, if gasoline is not there, the Bible tells us about unlimited travel. So we shouldn't be shocked when we begin to hear about it or experience it ourselves. And then finally, this area of unlimited authority, I think is huge. I think it's huge. And the Spirit of God's taking us out of the, the, the genie in the bottle, Jesus, expecting Jesus to come do it, expecting Jesus to, uh, to rise and uh, answer our call. He's trying to say, look guys, I gave you the authority. I'm living as you. As I am, so are you in this world. That means when you look at me, that you function like I function. I'm not gonna come do it for you. I'm, it's past the day when I'm gonna hold your hand to walk across the busy street. You're grown up now, you're big boy. You're manifesting as a son. You can cross the street and wait for the traffic to pass until it's clear and you can do this yourself. You have it. You have the ability to do that. So, sons today carry the authority as imparted by Jesus before he departed. And Jesus, Jesus knew the principle that you need to impart before you depart. And we, that, that we need to also. That's, that's, I'm feeling that as I get older, that I need to impart to younger men, younger generation, before I depart so that they, they can build on how far we've carried the ball down the field. So all things Jesus said are possible to him who believes. He turns around, he gives us the authority to accomplish all things are possible, puts us into that place. And he's, Jesus says it's possible to those that see and act on what has been revealed. And I think the Father is full well understanding that we can't believe except by what's been revealed. You can't, you can't psych yourself up into this. And I keep coming back to that because I know how hard pressed we were in religion to make a confession that we believed when we really, we didn't believe Jack Diddley do. We didn't want the consequences that we thought would come to us if we didn't believe. We have that ability until, until you see it, then you don't know you have it until you see it, see? You, you're gonna have to keep functioning in his faith. He doesn't want you to function in his faith anymore. He wants you to function in your authority because that was the original Design. So let me just conclude. My time, my time is up this morning. I think I've said a lot. I've gone almost 48 minutes, and I hope you stayed with me. Thank you for staying with me. As sons awaken and manifest, they're going to become firmly established in the power, the authority, and the dominion that we are awakening to now today. You're awakening this morning. See, I've given you some things today that's kind of opened your eyes, maybe just a little bit, bit more. And I hope I did some healing on that area of finances. Because man in the kingdom, we should be givers. Jesus was a giver. He knew when that corn of wheat went into the ground and died, he had no assurance. He wasn't doing it for accolades, but he said that's when it multiplies. And that's what we see in the, in, in the kingdom as well. So I'm not saying you give to get. I'm saying you give at the response of the voice of the Father, at what he says to give. And we've matured to a place where we don't need the re we don't need the return because we're tapped into an inexhaustible supply, and it's not based on how much or what percent you give or what you have left. Any of that widow might be. I, I've heard all the teachings. I know them all. So I hope I healed up some of that area. Hope I stretched your mind on unlimited travel, and I hope this morning that I made you see that we don't have to do it in the name of Jesus. That has been a hindrance to us. I really believe that's been a hindrance to us. Because when we say in the name of Jesus, what we're saying is I, I don't have the authority. And we're going to look at some areas next week where he told us in, in Psalm chapter 8 that you have authority in these areas. Now you need to put the mantle on. You need to put on the new man that walks in that authority and fulfill it. You're becoming fully conscious of his presence. And that consciousness of his presence lets you know that you have an anointing 
and that you're tapping into some places of unlimited. That's the name of the series. That's what we're exploring. Don't become offended if you don't get some of it. Embrace the mystery, and let's see where God takes it. You know what I say to you this morning? <laughs> I'd say, you've come a long way, baby. You've come a long way from when I first met you way back when, and you, we first started communing together and sharing together, began to teach. We've come a long way, but you know what? The best is yet to come. I can't, I'm excited for 2021. I'm gonna probably do the first message or two of 21 on what I think God is gonna open up and break out to us as sons and daughters, and let's explore it. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. So let's continue. Next Sunday morning, I wanna to talk to you about some areas that you have authority in without using in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? All right, Wednesday night, we'll talk about a little bit more. If you're not a member of Don Keithley Ministries, go on over and join. And I'll see you at 8 o'clock Central Time, Don Keithley Ministry page. Thank you for your support. If God tells you to give, give. If he doesn't tell you to give, I'll still be here. I'll still be teaching. But I know some of you really want to partner with me as we're making impact around the world, changing people's lives. Changing people's lives. What a place to live in. God bless all of you. Thank you. We'll see you next time.